0: All right, we're going to read Colossians chapter 3, uh, verse 16. It's just one verse today, and then uh, Pastor Peter will uh, preach the word for us. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. If you want to turn there, or otherwise, it will be up on the screen. And like, I think, last week, because it's one verse, why don't we read this together? Uh, Colossians three verse uh, Let's read. Begin. Uh, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Amen. Hello. Amen. Uh, Hello, church. How are you guys all doing? It's good? It's good to see you guys. I hope and pray that, like Pastor Paul said, everyone's doing okay during these tough times. And um, we really are glad to see those of you guys. um, There's so many of us today, actually, who made it out. And those of us who are online, we we yearn to see you guys in person one day soon to worship together. Just quickly before I begin, we actually have a bunch of these free Bibles uh, at the back. Uh, If you guys have forgotten your Bibles, generally speaking, we'll leave them out there from now on, so make sure you grab one. Um, Today might be helpful, because we don't have any slides, we're just going to be flicking through the Bible. Um, But... Yeah, um, so last week we finished off a three-week sermon series called Fan the Flame, um, and I guess it was kind of our way of like, starting the year right. Um, before we talk about anything else, we wanted to lay out the, the basic ingredients of what we believe will help us you know, stay faithful and strong and grow uh, as a faith family this year. And I really hope that we can keep coming back to this throughout the year. I think as Pastor Paul was preparing this, he was like, I hope this is the theme for us kind of throughout the year, that we just keep remembering these three things. Um, And it was the word as the wood, prayer as the air, and our community as the covering. And I really hope we can keep coming back to this, not just as a good idea, but really as something that we're fighting for as a community uh, together this year. Um, And hopefully in that, we'll really see some growth uh, together this year. Amen? Now, for this week, I was actually given a free week to talk about whatever I wanted to talk about, which is dangerous. Um, So I thought I'd actually take this opportunity to talk about something that I am particularly passionate about. Um, something that I personally feel called to do for a long, long time, and something that I really, really, really want to see Kingsway grow in and get better at this year, and that is singing. Singing. Today, I want to talk about singing. Um, now, when I say singing and that I want Kingsway to get better at this, this year, I don't, I don't mean I want us to get better at our singing abilities. Um, What I mean is that I would like for us to grow and build a healthier culture of congregational singing, or singing together here at church this year, at Kingsway. Pretty much as a representative of praise team, I'm going to spend today asking you guys to sing with us. Um, That's going to be my conclusion. Church, sing. Sing with us. Sing aloud. Sing with passion. But I'm not here to beg, uh, even though it looks like it. Um, I just want to hopefully show you guys today... And remind you guys, uh, as we look through the different instances in the Bible where it talks about singing, how important it is that we sing together as a church uh, each Sunday. And then I hope we'll sing and continue to sing and get better at singing together and enjoy it more and be moved each week. And then we'll sing a song together. All right, let me pray and then we'll jump into this topic together. Let me pray. Father God, I pray that you would help us to remember and to see that you are truly worthy of our worship and our praise. Lord, I pray that you would teach us, help us, lead us to be a church that sings boldly and passionately for the glory of your name, week in, week out, because you are worthy. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You know, I think so often we treat church like going to the movies. I've used this example before. There's this big important thing that we're here to watch. The, you know, the movie. Uh, and then there are these things around it. Um, you have the trailers before, which is kind of like, it's kind of fun, but, you know, it's, it's buffer time. You can miss those, that part. You can be a little late. It gives you time to go grab a drink and grab a snack, and then you won't miss the movie. And then you have the credits afterwards, which is, again, it's time for you to kind of sneak out because you've, you've already, you know, got what you came for, which is the movie. And as sad as it is, I think often we approach church like this. Um, the sermon is the important part. This is the meat, right? This is what I came for. Uh, But then there's this singing before, which is pretty cool, but it's not that important. It gives you some time to be late. gives you some time to grab a drink and not miss the sermon. And then there's fellowship afterwards, which is my time to kind of creep out because I've already got what I came for. And even though, yes, the sermon, the the preaching of the Bible, the Word of God is one of the most, if not the most important things we do here at church— There are many other important things that I think we often forget are actually important for us as a church. And of those things, I wanted to shine some light on singing, the singing element of church service, specifically the singing that we do here on Sunday morning together as a faith family and as a church. Let me ask you guys, how do you feel about singing at church? Do you like it? Do you do it? What is your attitude as you do it? The truth is, I love singing, whether it's inside of church or outside of church. doesn't matter, right? I love singing. And I understand that not everyone is like that, and that's okay. I'm not, trying to, I'm not here to try and convince you guys to like the act of singing, but rather I hope that you'll see today that singing to the Lord and singing with your church is actually more important than we often give it credit for. I find this passage really interesting that we read today. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. This verse is in some ways similar to the Fan the Flame sermon series that we just had. This is part of a letter that Paul writes to the Colossian church. And it's in the section where Paul is teaching the church what it looks like to be a healthy church community. And Paul says it looks like this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, right? Make sure that the word of God permeates and dictates everything that you do. Let the gospel live richly at the center of your community. It sounds pretty good, right? Be a biblical and gospel-centered church. That's pretty good. He says, teach and admonish one another. Be a community. Be each other's coverings, right? From last week's sermon. Run together. Exhort one another. That also sounds pretty good too, right? But then he talks about this third ingredient, which is a little less conventional, I think. He says, and sing. Sing hymns, sing spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Paul is saying, you guys need to sing. The church needs to sing. It is good for you. His stance about singing is consistent in another letter that he writes to the Ephesian church. I'll just read it for us. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 to 20, Paul writes to the Ephesian church, with what their church should look like. And he says, Be filled with the, with the Spirit, verse 19, addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's so much there in that passage, but pretty much, if you, if you read Ephesians chapter 5, in its entirety, you'll see that Paul has just spent like 16 verses telling the church what not to be. Don't be sexually immoral. Don't be disobedient, right? Don't be unwise. And then he says, and be like this. And he says, be a singing community. I find that really surprising. Be a singing community that encourages one another with songs, one that glorifies God and thanks the Lord in melody. For this is to be filled with the Holy Spirit, he says. Or in other words, this is what it looks like to be a Christian community. Of course, singing is not the be-all, end-all. But it is clear that it's not just an unimportant aspect of of church that we can just kind of, you know, skip. It's clearly more than that. And I hope you guys can see that. Now, I have two points for us today. Uh, Why should we sing, which is the long part, and how should we sing, which is the short part. And again, my conclusion is quite simple, right? Let's sing. Church, let's sing. That's my conclusion. But this is my long way of Saying it because if I just end it there, Pastor Paul might be like, It's too short. So, why should we sing? I have three reasons for you today. Firstly, because the Word of God calls us to sing, or the Bible calls us to sing. If you think singing is my idea, or Apostle Paul's idea, or you know, Hillsong's idea, you're wrong. It is God's idea. It's God's idea. If you look carefully through the Bible, the Bible shows us. A God that actually seems to like singing, believe it or not. God created singing, and I think He actually really likes it. If you look at Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17, it says this is, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He'll rejoice over you with gladness. He'll quiet you by His love, and He'll exalt over you. This is talking about God. He'll exalt over you with loud singing. Rob Smith, one of my old Bible college lecturers who lectures in theology and music ministry, he wrote a book called Sing, and he he interprets this verse like this, that this verse shows us that we have a God that sings. I think that's really cool to think about, that we have a God that sings. Singing is God's idea. And so we see Jesus, the Son of God, jump on board with this thing, with singing. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 12, quotes Jesus saying this, I will tell your name to my brothers. In the midst of a congregation, Jesus says, I will sing your praise. You know, I recently heard about a church uh, who calls their worship services on Sundays gatherings. Um, they specifically call it gatherings, they don't call it worship services, because they believe that the church exists to unpack and to read the Bible alone. And, and so they don't call it a, a worship service, because they think they think it sends the wrong message. And apparently they really don't sing, only on special occasions they'll sing like one song, and I don't know if it's on purpose, but apparently it's really bad. Because for them, the Bible is the hero of the church, which, you know, it's not wrong. But when I heard that, I was like, man, Jesus would come to that church and look around and say, when are we going to sing to the Lord? Singing is important. There are more than 400 references to singing in the Bible. 400? And the longest book of the Bible, I wish one of the commandments were sing, right? <laughs> but it's not. And the, one of the longest Bibles in, uh, book, books of the Bible is the Psalms, Right? which is a book of songs, singing is God's idea. I really think God likes singing, which is why it's no surprise then that He calls us through His Word to sing as well, for the church to sing as well. In Psalm 96, verse 1 to 2, and I could have picked any psalm. Literally, every psalm sounds like this. But Psalm 96, verse 1 to 2, says this. It says, Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless His name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. You know, there are more than 50 explicit commands or exhortations like this in the Bible to sing. To sing to God. Because you see, singing is not just a good idea to raise the vibe of the church on Sunday. It's God's idea. And he, through his word, calls us to worship him, of course, in many ways, right, by Praying, reading His Word, serving one another, forgiving one another, loving one another. There are so many ways to worship. So many ways to worship the Lord. And of those ways, God calls us to worship Him by singing, singing to the Lord, as the psalmist says in that in that verse, singing of His salvation, blessing His name from day to day. If you sit here and you don't like singing. What if I told you that to sing here at church is in some ways an act of obedience to God? Would you, would you then sing? I think you should. But of course, that's not all that, all that singing is. Uh, we don't just do it because we're told to. But we also sing, and this is the second reason, because we have an incredible song that we get to sing. Right. In other words, God is worthy of our praise. We sing because we have an incredible song that we get to sing. In one of his books, um, Bob Coughlin, he's like a Christian songwriter and and like a worship pastor, he writes this, he wrote, Christians sing because they have a song to sing. They can't help but sing because they have a song of redemption placed in their hearts by the Redeemer for the Redeemer. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 to 8 but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses made us alive together with Christ and raised us up with him so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus brothers and sisters this is your story if you're a christian this is my story what i just read in ephesians that is a, a story about your life and mine And if we truly understand this good news to be mine, we would burst out. We would want to burst out in worship. We wouldn't just sing because it's our duty. We would truly sing out of sheer delight because we're so glad that that's my story. Because nothing is worth celebrating more than the knowledge that I am redeemed of all my sins and my mistakes in Christ. And no matter what... Because of what he's done for me on the cross, I'm going to enjoy the fullness of God's perfect kingdom one day, one day soon, and revel in the unending joys of perfect life for eternity. I've seen people sing for way less than that. I've seen people sing and dance at the dinner table as they're eating a good meal. I've seen people jump and scream and raise their hands and chant watching a ball go into a net if the knowledge of my salvation in Christ is not worth singing more than those things, then that says a lot more about our hearts than it does about our attitude towards singing. Friends, we have a song that we get to sing. Not everyone gets to sing this song. And that's why we sing, He is worthy of our praise. But the problem is, we are all very forgetful, and sometimes, even though, you know, we are Christians, we stand here at church, and honestly, we feel nothing in our hearts. And if that is you, well, the solution is sing. Because if you can't celebrate your salvation in song today, you need to remind yourself of your salvation in Christ, and sometimes, there is nothing better for that than to sing about it. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 19, God comes to Moses and he says this. God says, Now therefore, to Moses, now therefore write this song and teach it to the people of Israel. Put it in their mouths that this song may be a witness against, for me, against the people of Israel. So what, what God is pretty much saying here is, and I love this, he's like, Moses, my people are forgetful, right? I know this about my people. So here's the remedy, God says write a song about what I've done for you guys and get the people to see it. And then they'll remember it. God does this on multiple occasions in the Bible. You know, it is a a known fact that things are just easier to remember when they're in melody. This is why I think kids learn the alphabet in song, right? Instead of just memorize A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It's A, B, C, D, E, right? They memorize it in song. That's why there are things that I'll never forget because I learned them in a song. Like, who, rem- who remembers this number? One three double oh six triple five oh six. Do you guys remember that? Does that ring a bell to you guys? One three double oh six triple five. I don't even know what that number is. Four, right? But I just remember that number so clearly because I heard it in a song. That's <laughs> gonna ring in your ears when you guys go home now. <laughs> and that's why sometimes when we hear a song, you know, that we used to listen to a lot when we were in high school you might remember things that you've completely forgotten about. Oh yeah, I went there. I used to listen to that song there. I think music and singing has so much power. I think it's meant to. And, you know, and God knew this, which is why he calls the Israelites here to write a song and sing about his works. So that on the days they forget, they'll be reminded. And that's why even today, Today, through His Word, God calls the church to sing to Him a new song every day that we might remember that we have an incredible song of salvation that we get to sing. Have you forgotten this reality, this truth? Do you feel nothing in your heart? Try singing about it. You could sit here and try and convince yourself and force yourself to feel something, but sometimes all you need to do is sing there's so much power in it how deep the father's love for us how vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure there's something like moving about that or lord i need you oh i need you right Sing about God, about His love, or sing to Him, confess to Him, and there's something really intimate and, and deep and powerful about that. I think, and something, something suddenly happens in my heart. Oh yeah, I do need Him. It's like something that you you know in your head, but when you like hear it in song, you're like, oh yeah, I do need Him. I don't know if you've ever experienced that before. There's something powerful about singing songs to the Lord. And I, I don't think it's just a coincidence. God has created it to be this way, which is why he calls it to sing to him. And if you haven't tried it like properly and given it a good go, then you'll never know what it feels like. So maybe you just need to sing. And if you're just, you just can't sing because you're shy or uncomfortable, that's okay. Take it at your own pace. But just know that it's, it's not about you. We're not here for you. No one's looking at you. I'm here for God. And, and give singing a go, brothers and sisters. We get to s- we we sing because we have an incredible song of salvation that we get to sing. God is worthy of our praises. He is worthy of our praises. And as we sing, these songs will remind us all the more how worthy He is of our praise. So so sing. especially on the days that you, you feel nothing, sing. And the third reason, we sing because the church needs your exhortation. We sing because the church needs your exhortation. I'm just piggybacking off last week's sermon. We as the church need to exhort and cover one another and lead one another and remind one another, encourage one another, rebuke one another as we run this race together, right? We heard that last week. And of all the ways that we can exhort one another, here on Sunday, I think one of the best ways that we as the church can exhort one another is to sing aloud to God with your brothers and sisters. If you go back to Ephesians chapter 5, Paul says, Be filled with the Spirit addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is actually here talking quite specifically about walking in love, right? Loving your community. That's the kind of topic of this chapter. And the thing he says, right, he encourages the church to address one another in psalms, in hymns, and in spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. I was listening to a sermon about this by David Platt. And apparently after one of his sermons about worship, he made the whole church turn and look at each other and sing that last song. How uncomfortable is that? We won't do that today. Don't worry. But the idea is when we come to church to sing, it's not just me and God. And I think that's an unhealthy culture that that we often have when we come to church, it's just me and God. It's my church and God. Me and God is at home in the morning in QT or, you know, when you're doing your daily devotions. Church is the church and God. We and God. And, you know, there's something deeply unifying and encouraging and motivating about singing together with one voice. Today, I, I felt like the church, maybe because there's lots of us today, I feel like we really sang, and I don't know about you guys, it was so encouraging, wasn't it? Where many different people come into one room and sing with one voice to one God. It's, it's so powerful, more than you know. Sometimes, we just need to be reminded that I'm not running alone. And, and that there are these people around me, on my left and right, that are running with me this journey. And when I hear the voices of the saints around fellow brothers and sisters in Christ around me, singing to the Lord, that is such a deep encouragement to me. I'm not alone. Oh yeah, I've got these guys to run with. Oh yeah, they're they're finding it tough too. Oh yeah, they're they're crying out. And especially when I'm not feeling it, and I I have no voice to sing this morning, sometimes I just need to hear the, the voice of my brother or sister Declaring to God, you are worthy. You are good. And and in that, I'm reminded through him and through her of how worthy God is. Oh, yeah. It's so beautiful to me when I hear the church sing. It stirs my heart. It's kind of creepy. I have recordings of the church singing on my phone. And I listen to it throughout the week. Like, I put my phone at the back and I record it sometimes. I just listen to it. Because it's there's something deeply stirred, like, like it stirs my soul, my heart so much. And I know it does for you too. I know it does for you. If you've ever been in a room where everybody is just in surrender singing to the Lord, you know what I mean. It's so powerful. It doesn't have to sound amazing. And I think that's, maybe that's why a lot of us hold back. Oh, my voice is not very good. Oh, I mean, you know, I don't want to be off tune. That's not the point. You know, one of my favorite worship services that I've ever been a part of is in Cambodia, in a room full of all these like young little Cambodian kids. Like it was packed, right? And they gave me this guitar. Hey, will you lead us in an English song, right? And um, the guitar was missing a string. It was completely out of tune. I was like, oh. And I just started singing, you know, one of the songs that I knew they knew. And literally after the first strum, I sang one word and they just took over. And I, I remember by the end of it, I wasn't even playing the guitar anymore because it, it was just like waiting to sing and it was just like, they were just chanting to the Lord together. Don't have to say, it really didn't sound amazing. <laughs> it was out of tune. People were yelling. It was so powerful. So Kingsway, uh, won't you sing for your brothers and sisters around you as well? That they may be led and stirred in their hearts towards Christ through your voice. And that in turn, they might lead and stir you as they exhort you back with their companionship as they sing along with you. Sing because your church needs your exhortation. I need it. You need it. Let's sing to the Lord with each other together. Because God is worthy. Amen? Now how? How should we sing together? And this is the short part. This is my challenge for us as a church this year. And I'll end with this. Because of all the kinds of churches that we want to be, a welcoming church, a gospel preaching church, we want to be a singing church. We want to be a singing church. And honestly, this takes practice, I think. Which is why we've taken this whole week to talk about singing. Right? It takes practice. We need to work on this together. And this is how I would love for us to approach singing as a church together this year and build a better culture of singing together. Let's sing with our heads. Let's sing with our hearts. That's it. Let's sing with our heads. Let's sing with our hearts. And you know what? A lot of this will help if you guys are in church early, ready to sing, and just kind of preparing your hearts before we sing. Let's sing with our heads. Let's sing with our hearts. Let me explain what that means. When we sing, let's not just sing for the sake of singing. it's, (laughs) it's, <laughs> I don't want to, like, have a go, but one of the, <laughs> it's like, one of the more discouraging things, so it's like, you have people that don't sing, which is like, all right, they're not singing, and one of the, it's like, I don't know if it's more discouraging or just a little less encouraging, I'm not sure, but when you see people singing like this, like, with, like, this blank face, they have no, like, it's just, it's just like, you know, they're just, you know, mouthing the words and waiting for it to finish, as of, as of when you're pleading praise, it's like, There's something a little discouraging about that. I believe that our singing is only meaningful and powerful if we sing with the right knowledge of God and a true understanding of the gospel. If we sing without those things, we're not worshiping, we're just singing. And we can do that anywhere else. Here at church, we're here to worship the Lord and we sing to worship God. And to do that, just because you mean well, it's not, not good enough. We need to think. Think and understand as we sing. What am I doing? Why am I here? Who am I singing to and what has he done that he deserves praise and singing? And honestly speaking, this is an area that I really, really struggle with. Because I just like music and singing. So I'll sing anything. Right, I remember one time I was singing, I was leading worship and then I got down and somebody told me, hey, do you know you like smile when you're singing about the death of Jesus? Right? And I was like, oh, no, I didn't know that. I, I think I just didn't think about it. I <laughs> just saying, oh, It sounds so good, right? I think it's appropriate that Paul, in, our, in the passage that we read at the beginning, says, you know, before he tells the church to sing, he says that the word of Christ dwell in you richly. I think that's quite appropriate. Everything that we do here, even beyond singing, should find root in the gospel. Because that's what makes it worship. That's what makes it worship. And that's what I would love for our singing to become at Kingsway, where we sing with our heads, understanding what we're singing, understanding and appreciating the biblical truths of the songs that we're singing and being moved by the theology. Now, honestly, a big part of this is the praise team's job, uh, to pick good biblical songs to sing. That reminds us of what Christ has done, how good God is and how amazing His promises are, and we'll try to do that. But also, it is your job to engage with these songs with your mind. Don't just recite them. Think about the words that we're singing. We're not always going to sing wordy and theologically rich songs because I personally believe in our singing, sometimes we just need to be reminded of the most simple truths again and again and again, and then just be given some space to, to reflect and to mull on that, to marinate in that is what I call it. Which is why sometimes we'll sing, God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. And you can either think to yourself, man, this is so boring, so repetitive. Or you can wrestle with this truth as we sing it. God is good. What does that mean? Why is he good? But sometimes he doesn't feel good in my heart. Why do I feel that way? Lord, give me the faith to believe that you are good. So that as I sing this song, I might mean it more and more. Every time I say it, you're good, you're good, you're good. Let's learn to sing with our heads. But also let's learn to sing with our hearts together this year. Paul says in Colossians as well, after you know, he says, sing, he says, sing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. All right, if he said, let the you know, word of Christ dwell in you richly and sing, full stop, you, know, you could just like, recite theology and recite truths, recite Bible, and sing those you know, long, wordy songs all the time, and that could be it. But he, he makes sure he adds at the end, sing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. There better be substance in your heart as well as you sing those true songs to God. You see, singing is such a creative and and heartfelt activity. Just using our heads alone simply will not do. Trying to sing to God without our hearts is like telling someone you love them whilst you're looking at your phone. Yeah, you're saying the right things. But where is your heart? Do you mean it? What part of what you're doing shows me that you mean it? And I guess what I would love for the singing culture of our church to become would be that we sing to the Lord with our hearts. And what that looks like, that's up to you guys. But just singing with true gratitude in our hearts, singing with genuine love, surrender, and yearning. And a lot of this simply has to do with posture. Unfortunately, all I can go off as the worship leader is posture. And I might be wrong. I might fully be like, oh, that person doesn't look like they're ready to worship. Maybe you are. And so, you know, glad I'm not the judge. God is. But it does have to do a lot with posture. Practically speaking, for me, I think closing my eyes helps. Try it if you haven't. If you feel awkward, try closing your eyes. That's what I do. Sometimes I won't sing, but I'll just listen to the the voices of the saints around me to, to find encouragement in that. And I'll pray. I'll pray to God, I'll talk to God as we sing. Engage in relationship with the Lord as we sing. If if there's a truth in the lyrics that really resonates with you, just stay there and talk to God and be like, thank you, Lord, for, for that. Sometimes I'll physically look up Almost as if, to, <laughs> there's two reasons I do that. First reason is I'm singing, leading worship, and then I have my eyes lock with somebody, and I'm like, oh, right? <laughs> That's the less uh, God-honoring reason. The second reason is because I'm physically trying to, I think in my heart when I do that, I'm, I'm, I say to God in my heart, "Lord, this is for you. Remind me this is for you. Not for these people, it's for you. Um, you'll see Pastor Paul raising his hands at the front, right? In Surrender. If you want to feel vulnerable before God, try raising your hands. And if you're wondering, we don't raise our hands because it makes worship extra powerful. Uh, We do it just because we want to elevate God. And, you know, my point today is not, hey, let's all raise our hands. Don't do that today, please. (laughs) I'll feel really uncomfortable if everyone's like, right? (laughs) I don't want that. But we do it because, in case you don't know, in case you're like, oh, why is Pastor Paul raising his hands? We do it to elevate the Lord. We do it in surrender, God, I am yours. And for me, sometimes I do it, it's like, yes. Oh, yeah. It's like a celebration almost. But like like I said, I don't care if you guys raise your hands or not. I don't think God cares. It doesn't matter what you do. Uh, What he does want is our hearts and all of it, whatever that may look like for you. You know, every relationship is different. You look at different, you know, families and couples. The way they do their relationship is so different. That's okay. Whatever works for them. Yours doesn't have to look like theirs. We have a relationship with the Lord. Just be genuine with your hearts as you sing to Him. So I challenge you guys, Kingsway, to think about all that He has done for us, done for you, and all that He has promised us, and then to, and to fight to respond to God and His love and His promises with genuine worship and genuine singing—not just today, but you know, week in, week out. As as we the praise team try and lead you guys to singing each week, help us sing with us. Lead us. Show us that we're not doing this by ourselves, but with our whole faith family. And I I truly believe there is something deeply powerful in that, and I would love to see this culture be built in our community. I know it won't happen overnight. I don't want it to. I don't want people to sing just because, you know, Peter said sing today, so we should probably sing. I really hope and pray that with our heads and our hearts, uh, we would sing each week because God has called us to sing through his word. Because God is worthy of our song and we have an incredible song of praise to sing. Maybe that you've forgotten about. So you sing about it so you remind yourself. And because we're running this race together as a church with brothers and sisters around us and we really need each other's voices to strengthen one another each week as we try and live out our faith, fam- faith faithfully together. So, So sing, church.